0: The wedding planning process you're just like constantly upsold by people in the wedding industry trying to get you to like want more like have a quote-unquote like picture perfect wedding of like what you would think to see in like movies or celebrities yeah and they kind of sell you on that. welcome back everyone this is jen asian a podcast where we share our stories and experiences as asian canadian millennials this
1: is michelle and I'm Winnie. Thanks for listening in. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow us
0: on Instagram at gen.asian or send us an email at pod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our episode, we'd love for you to share it with
1: a friend. Winnie, how was your week? It's been good. I was... Thinking about this recently because it's the new year. I feel like every new year, you're always like making some goals for you, yourself, um, whether it's New Year's resolutions or just kind of reflecting on the last year and like thinking about how you can be better. But one of the podcast goals that I have for us is to make more Asian content. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this for multiple reasons. I think initially, obviously, our podcast is called Gen Asian. And so it's like inherent in the name and just inherent in us by being Asian. But I've heard from multiple friends that they want to hear more of like the Asian spin. And I think Mm -hmm. initially I was thinking we are Asian, and so anything we say or talk about is inherently Asian. But I think yeah. there are just these nuances in our experience that are interesting and that you know I talk to my friends about on a daily basis, but it doesn't necessarily come through in the podcast as much or at least as explicitly. Okay. You know, it goes back to like, what does it mean to like make Asian content anyway? Is it Asian content because we are Asian or do we actually have to talk about explicit Asian content? Mm -hmm. and so I thought that was an interesting reflection but I do want to like dive deeper into like I guess the nuances of the Asian Canadian experience Experience.
0: yeah no I love that I mean if our followers have any suggestions on anything specifically Asian that they want to hear our thoughts and comments about um, I would love to know so leave us a message on Instagram or send us an email Um, I feel like that would be great some great thought starters for us as we think about the new year
1: yeah for sure what about you Michelle what have you been up to Well, now we're in 2024.
0: And that means this year is my wedding, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, So I mean, I'm quite behind on wedding planning, to be honest. So we've just done a bunch of catch up work yesterday to get more on track. But um, that's been really top of mind for me. Um, Yesterday, we just I think we're like 90% done our wedding website. So we're, we're getting close, but we're pretty late on the whole thing. For anyone that is out there listening, I would highly recommend doing a longer than one year engagement <laughs> because <laughs> else it is just, there's just a lot of parts to it Yeah. that I guess I didn't think of when I was thinking of planning a wedding. Like, like there's lots yeah. more. Yeah. Like there's lots more involved than you think. Um, and a year is just not that much time mm-hmm. to get it all done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think was initially very surprised that you were going to do it within a year. But I was like, you know, I I trust you. I know you're like organized. And well, both of you are very like organized and like competent people. I always thought that like an engagement is just like such a unique time. And it's like you're never going back to engagement. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the other thing is that it's like relatively a new concept. So, for example, like my parents never had an engagement. They were just Mm -hmm. like, we're going to get married. And they like planned a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, why not enjoy it? Have it longer than a year and not just like the entire year stressed about wedding planning. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: today's episode, we're talking more about like, I guess, interracial wedding planning and uh, I guess wedding planning in general. Mm -hmm. A big surprise for me regarding wedding planning was that, you know, it's not just actually planning this big party where your friends and family get together, but it's like the joining of the two families together where your parents have to meet like you have to set all these things up maybe you have to move in together like there's like a lot of steps involved I see it as like engagement as a period of transition Mm -hmm. before you guys are like settled and I see post wedding is when you're like settled it's like how long are you planning your period of transition and like a year is just not that much time to have all of these steps happen like having your parents meet for the first time and like having them develop a relationship with each other and having you know if you guys are moving in like having the person move out like finding Mm -hmm. a new place and like settling in like all of that has to happen within the engagement period so that's that's part of the reason why the one year is not that much at all
1: yeah to challenge that like does it all have to happen within the engagement period because I think I am of the mentality that, like, your engagement and wedding is, like, whatever you make of it. So whether you want to move in, like, Mm -hmm. after the wedding or, like, before the wedding, before you get engaged, you want your parents to meet before you get engaged and after, like, for you guys, you guys decided to, like, have your parents meet after the engagement or, like, during the engagement period and also move in together during the engagement period. Mm -hmm. So, like, what was, I guess, your thought behind that and I guess more specifically about the parents meeting like that's a big step like that's that's big especially Mm because you guys are in like different countries and again of like different backgrounds cultural backgrounds oh yeah that's that's a whole thing
0: I'll I'll, let me start with the like moving in together Mm -hmm. I think the way we think about it is that by the time we're getting married or having the ceremony is where everything should be like in place for us to like you know really blossom in our new married life so it's Mm -hmm. like all the prep work going up to that moving in and all of that is a little bit like messy you know it's not going to be like once you move in like everything is good like there needs to be a transition period of like where you figure out your new routines like your day-to-day will change Um, how does that all work together and I think that's like all part of the process so that's part of the reason why we wanted to do that before getting Mm married so it's like you know you come home from your wedding and you're like fully settled like everything yeah. is like where it's supposed to be versus the wedding day is a time marker of where everything is like done mm. versus it being like the start of something it just seems weird in my head to get married and then figure out, out the rest mm-hmm Then you start the process of like moving your lives together. Like to me, the wedding and the engage, the engagement is the start of that. And then the wedding is the end of that where. Oh, interesting. Your lives are now integrated for those listening. Like, I think you kind of have to think through what you want to get done in your engagement and then like use that as a a starting point to think about like how much time do you need to get all of this stuff done before Mm -hmm. the wedding? Or are you going to be able to push it out after wedding? and like it depends on how what you you want to do in your wedding planning because i know for instance like people want to do like bachelor bachelorette trips and like all of those pieces like that takes time and effort to plan like besides the money piece it's Mm -hmm. also just your energy like how much energy do you have to plan all of these events like do you want to plan an engagement party do you want to plan a bachelorette party like all of these things yeah there's a lot Okay
1: we will definitely get into that but like tell us about your parents meeting and how oh how yeah that went yeah and um, why or how you guys came to decide that you guys would have your parents meet for the first time I guess after the engagement.
0: So there was a time where my parent or my mom was in Cincinnati visiting me and I had mentioned like oh do you want to like meet his parents and he, she was kind of like oh no like this was before we were engaged. Oh. In some way she was she doesn't expect to meet his parents until it's like serious in the way that it's like an engagement yeah obviously like I don't want our parents to meet for the first time on our wedding day like totally (laughs) as I was saying like if I want this to be like the finale of like the joining of our lives like our families are both big parts of our lives Mm. and I want them to start to get mingled and integrated beforehand Mm -hmm. so it kind of became a big trip just because my like dad is in Hong Kong my mom is in Canada his parents are in the U.S. It was a bit of coordination and we had that happen just like over the new year Mm -hmm. it was kind of a big deal but it went really well i think it was good to just get everyone connected in yeah what was new like and I knew this was going to happen was just like kind of the language barrier because my parents often speak Cantonese to each other yeah versus they speak English obviously and their Mm -hmm. English is not as good as his family's so it felt a little bit like they were talking through me like my parents were talking to me where I then translate to them Mm -hmm. but I was kind of encouraging them like oh you know you can speak to them and it kind of was weird in that it was like both ways where mm. Matt and his parents were speaking to me to tell them. But I'm like, you can tell them. Like, you can yeah, tell them. in They much. understand. Like, for the most part, understand. Yeah. yeah. So you can speak to them. But I, I think because of the language barrier, it's a little bit removed. Yeah. It's not as personal because like I'm the middle, like I'm the translator.
1: Yeah. It's like multiple T-fold I guess like first of all like the conversation obviously just doesn't flow as well because there's like a pause in terms of like trying to like understand what each person is trying to say but I think the other thing is that both the parents know you more and so they're just more comfortable with like communicating with you versus I guess having to embrace this awkward pause of potentially his parents talking to your parents and then them being like a little bit confused or just taking an extra couple of seconds to like really understand what they're saying like I can see how it's just like maybe a bit easier for like the conversation to flow if they go through you versus having to talk to each other directly
0: I kind of was the one to be like you know you can speak to them because it's important for them to develop their own relationship with each other Mm -hmm. they can't do that through me so like I was very much like encouraging like oh you know you can just speak to them like you don't have to go through me Mm -hmm. maybe I'll butt in and like there's like easily miscommunication of like someone not understanding somebody or like I'll mm. like you know give them like small tidbits of like oh this is why he's me this is what he means but he can't like communicate it yeah properly I'm there to help but I also want them to develop their own relationship
1: do you feel like you are closer to his parents than Matt is to your parents because of the language barrier
0: maybe I think my mom's pretty good so I feel like he spent quite a good chunk of time with my mom so i feel like that that is okay but perhaps um mm-hmm. just because there is less of a language barrier yeah but in some ways just from a personality standpoint like i feel like my parents are quite chatty and i don't know if it's just because it's with me yeah um but his parents are a little bit more like reserved. chill relaxed yeah. and reserved mm-hmm. and so it's i i feel like it's a little bit harder to get to know them yeah like my parents are quite opinionated <laughs> You kind of feel like you know someone better when mm-hmm. someone is opinionated.
1: Well, you just know where they stand. You like kind of yeah. know what their values are a bit easier if they're willing to voice it, right? I guess I was thinking about this because you had mentioned that you text his mom occasionally, and so I'm like, oh, okay, like you're close enough to like text his parents, and so I guess I, I wonder if, well, first of all, like if Matt does that with your parents, but also like, can he even do that if like the language barrier like it doesn't make it more difficult. Like I very rarely have like my significant other's parents numbers and Mm -hmm. especially like texting them frequently. I think like when you get to the point where you can just directly message your in-laws that (laughs) it's a I guess like symbolic in that it means that your relationship is deeper, more intimate than, you know, just like quote unquote dating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like not a line that you typically have, you know, unless Mm -hmm. it's like. Like serious. Serious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he would be able to cuz even for me and my mom like it's kind of broken text English and so mm-hmm. oftentimes I end up calling her because text communication is just not as clear difficult. yeah and as difficult so it would be hard for him to text her
1: um okay and then what about like you know all the things that you were talking about before like do you want to have all the engagement party and then a bachelor party and then a bachelorette party like all those steps that like honestly in my mind are pretty optional. Yeah, I mean I I feel like it's a
0: lot and like I feel like I'm already struggling to plan the wedding as is. Mm -hmm. Um so I don't think we're gonna really have like a bachelor or bachelorette party. You know, we had a very like small engagement party if you could even call it that. Like I Mm -hmm. kind of like grouped it in with my birthday. And it was like more about just like getting people together. Like it wasn't very much like a big thing going through the wedding planning process you're just like constantly upsold by people in the wedding industry trying to get you to like want more Mm -hmm. like have a quote-unquote like picture perfect wedding of like what you would think to see in like movies or celebrities yeah yeah and they kind of sell you on the idea of like you don't want to skimp out on this you know it's like one day in your life yeah this is the one moment like you have to do whatever um I think it's really, really important to be like grounded as a bride to like know what you want and kind of have a vision versus like have somebody else tell you. Mm-hmm. A big part of us like not having a wedding planner is that we didn't want the pressure of somebody else telling us, you know, you need the plates a certain way. You need the chairs a certain way. Yeah. You know, you need the you need this many florals for it to like look like a good event. You know, we didn't want that. And mm-hmm. we're pretty like relaxed people in general i don't think we would want a picture perfect wedding in in like a traditional sense i think we're looking for something that looks like us like a wedding that feels like us Mm -hmm. we're not like that put together couple like that's just not who we are it's been a journey of trying to figure that out what is our combined style What do our combined values look like? What does the whole vision look like? And I think that all comes into this like whole wedding planning process, which is why it becomes more loaded than Mm -hmm. just planning a one event. How how I've been thinking about wedding planning, it's like the ultimate project. It's like Mm -hmm. the ultimate test in a way of, you guys can plan something really important together. Like you can work together on something. Collaborate,
1: and, compromise.
0: Yeah, there's gonna be inherent conflict because you guys are two different people with two different styles and like mm-hmm. two different opinions and maybe two different, entirely different visions of what a wedding should be. Yeah. Like maybe they want a picture perfect, you don't want a picture perfect. Like you're gonna have to work through that. Mm. I actually saw something online recently. They said one of the top reasons for divorce was like the wedding planning process, <laughs> which made me laugh.
1: And and like, like before you even get married, you're like, no, this yeah. is not.
0: I totally see how it happens, but it just made me laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like number one is like finances, but also like finances related to like the wedding. To the you wedding, know? Yeah. Like it's a very costly, some people care a lot about it being, you know, having to look a certain way, be a certain amount of dollars. I guess the other thing that I'm curious about is like, I think especially in like Asian families, like the parents have a very – I don't know if like clear idea is the right word, but they all are also very opinionated about like how mm-hmm. they want a wedding to be. And it sounds like your parents are quite opinionated. So I'm curious, <laughs> like how have you worked through that? Like, you know, there's obviously a bit of like collaboration and compromise between you and Matt, but also are you taking into consideration, I guess, like what your parents want? Do they have strong opinions about like how they want you to have your wedding and who to invite, et cetera?
0: I guess that's another part of the wedding planning and the parents meeting. It's like not just a collaboration between you and your partner, but it's also a collaboration of their families and how they're involved and how that all gets combined. Cause you know, your parents might have an opinion, but his parents might also have an Uh opinion. And how do you like, how do you deal with that conflict? How do their opinions and view of the wedding changed how the wedding actually happens and ultimately you're like the ultimate decision maker like you're the approver and they're just strong like contributors but at the end of the day like it's also a family affair in that you want you know your family to be happy like it's kind of like the joining of the families you have to like respect their opinion but also like hold firm on things that you feel strongly about and I think that's what we've done. Like, there's been things where I have told my parents, like, no, like, you can't invite so-and-so because we have limited space and yeah. we just can't. But, like, there's other smaller things. It's like, oh, we need printed invites for so-and-so. And it's like, okay, sure. Like, you know, they're we older. Can do they that. Need, yeah. We can do that. Like, it's not a huge deal. So it, it's dependent on the magnitude of the request. Yeah. You have to think about those things and those conflicts are going to happen. Like you ha- you have to plan for those to happen because mm-hmm. your parents and their parents are just going to be different and there's going to be different of opinions.
1: Yeah. Are you guys having separate weddings? Like I guess a more quote unquote Western wedding versus like a more like Eastern like banquet and stuff. Like what what is your plan in terms of, I guess, incorporating the two cultures together for the mm-hmm. wedding
0: So I think we're going to have a relatively like traditional in in the sense like North American wedding, Mm. but we're going to be trying to include like pieces of it. So like, I think we're going to do like a mini tea ceremony in the morning. Um, We're going to try to respect those pieces, but we're also going to do a separate gathering in Asia down the road. So kind of like the Eastern part of it, because a lot of my extended family is in Hong Kong, like Mm -hmm. to do something there to celebrate with that, that side of the family I personally feel more connected to the North American side. So
1: like that's where I'm thinking of it as like my wedding wedding. You know what I mean? I was just thinking for myself. I do definitely want to incorporate parts of my culture into my wedding. But the issue that I have is that I just didn't grow up knowing a lot about what Chinese weddings have. And it Mm -hmm. it almost feels a bit like, it's funny, like cultural appropriation. I don't know if that's the right word. But (laughs) like for myself, because I just like, It feels like I'm playing like dress up in a way because I just don't know a lot about it. And I think my situation is a bit unique in that like my parents, I don't know if it's intentionally tried to not teach that stuff to me because I think they really wanted me to assimilate into Mm -hmm. Canadian culture. And so there's definitely like a bit of a disconnect for me in terms of like knowing what Chinese traditions to include, especially in a wedding. So I'm curious, like you decide on the tea ceremony, but like, Are there any other aspects that you already knew from the beginning that you wanted to incorporate and kind of like help what your feelings are in terms of like incorporating your culture into the wedding?
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like I've learned about it because I would go to like Hong Kong every summer and like one of those summers, I think my aunt got married. Mm. That was kind of my first taste of like what does a, I guess, an Asian wedding was like and that was like probably the first wedding i've been to in my entire life Mm -hmm. and then my brother got married and he did like something in hong kong as well so like i feel like i have had quite a few experiences of what that looks like Mm in my head it was like kind of normal yeah um it's not so much where it's like oh you don't even know what's supposed to happen and maybe the first couple times like I saw it it was like new to me but over time I've experienced it not just in my family's weddings but like in some of the weddings that I've attended Mm -hmm. to me it felt more like respecting the culture than like if I didn't do anything it would just be like oh I completely ignored it yeah one of the other ceremonies or like things to do that I was thinking about was
1: like doing door games can you just give a quick briefer on what door games is in case people don't know because I think I've heard yeah. of this but I don't actually like I've never experienced it myself but it sounds like you have with other weddings mm-hmm. so the door
0: games is usually during the time where the bride is getting ready mm-hmm In some ways, it's more memorable for the guests than for the actual bride because the bride, she experiences secondhand a lot of times through FaceTime. So the groom and the groomsman kind of come to the bride's house as she's getting ready. And the idea of door games is that he's coming to pick up the bride and to pick up the bride they he needs to pass the challenges of the bridesmaids mm-hmm. and so the bridesmaids give them like small games to like do in order to like, like enter the bride. Like, yeah, yeah yeah like to get the bride so then they can go get married you know as she's like getting ready so i mean there's often like funny games that they do to make them like embarrassed or like make them sing songs or like express something their love dumb. Of like why yeah exactly
1: so <laughs> it's just like fun games in general yeah can you talk a little bit about how you like picked your wedding day because i thought that was oh. interesting <laughs> i had like my parents aren't i don't know if like superstitious is the right word but yeah i'll let you talk about it
0: yeah so early early on in the wedding planning process we had to obviously figure out our date because that was like one of the biggest pieces to figure out um and my parents are like relatively superstitious they had asked of like oh do you want us to go to the temple to like get like a auspicious day for you to to get married and mm-hmm. I know they had done this for my brother so I kind of was like yeah sure not really knowing what that would mean mm-hmm. and so they came back and they came back with like basically two dates in the entire year for you to get <laughs> married oh my god which is crazy because I was like oh you know I have all the options in the world like Ideally on a weekend, but you know you can kind of do any time, and well, there was like a lot of flexibility. Yeah, they take your birthday and birth time, and your partner's birth date and birth time, and each of your parents' um, birth dates. I don't know if they need the time. Maybe it's just birth dates, mm-hmm. and they like cross-reference it to make sure that it's like lucky for all of your stars. Like, and essentially, it takes your lunar calendar time and date and they like cross-reference it all Mm so i'm the year of the the rooster and then they would cross-reference with like my parents which is like a monkey and whatever and they would like make sure it's good for all of those all of those characters i guess all those like lunar characters and make sure that it's not in conflict so you'll have a harmonious wedding so they did all of this and there was only two (laughs) two weekend dates of the entire year that i could get it obviously limited our choices quite a bit yeah you can always go back and like ask the temple master for like more dates but the dates then are like less optimal in that Mm. we did go back a second and third time actually to see if we could get like more dates but it just like didn't feel right because they're like oh these are they're not good dates but they're not bad dates for your parents like you could have this date but it would mean that you're not in harmonious harmony oh in my a, God. with their families <laughs> but you're just okay with their families and I just didn't feel like that was the right way to start off uh, a, a relationship yeah, yeah. and wedding <laughs> your marriage <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so I mean that was a big part of it I think the other factor was that we asked for it to be on a weekend because we didn't want it to be like on a Wednesday yeah I know that's fair so I think that was interesting because I don't know if anyone has gone through that process themselves, but it is quite both labor intensive from like the temple person to like cross reference everything, but also quite restrictive on the mm-hmm. bride bride and groom side of trying to figure out like what that would mean.
1: And like less than a year. I know. There's so many things that have to align to make sure it works out. In general, venues, usually you need a book a year and a half, maybe even like two years in advance. So the fact that you had already like very, very limited days and you're trying to like align it with like the venue that you want is just seems like almost an impossible task. Yeah. And actually
0: something I learned was that peak wedding season in like North America. So like July, August, I believe they're actually like not auspicious dates for the lunar calendar mm. there was a specific reason but i think one was like it's like um there's like a ghost festival in one of the months and so yeah. it's like bad luck it's not a lucky auspicious time and so like a lot of the summer months are actually axed of all of the wedding dates that you could pick of. yeah it's like automatically you can't get married
1: in in i guess peak season where everyone wants to get married that's, I, I find that like so funny because I think, I, I don't know, are your parents religious at all? No, like, are not. they like, yeah. So I don't know if people know this, but like mm-hmm. Chinese people, like, I guess like the, they just aren't very tied to a certain religion. I guess you could say like Buddhism from like before. And like, there's definitely some people who are Buddhist, but I think like, just like traditionally, it's not very like tied to a specific religion, but they have all these like random beliefs <laughs> about Praying to your ancestors. People are very, I don't want to say like superstitious. It's a different thing, but like they care a lot about like whether or not something um, is like lucky or like it's like symbolic towards like wealth and stuff. So even like things like certain words, for example, like the number four is very unlucky because it sounds like death. But like mm-hmm. there's nothing inherent in the number four that makes yeah. it unlucky. But there's just like, you know, the way you say it sounds like bad and so and there are different other phrases that like sound good and so therefore it's like more lucky and so I just I find it very interesting and just like not something that I personally care a lot about but I think it's kind of like fun to play into it but I guess like it sounds like your parents care about it and it was kind of like an easy ask for you guys to just like respect that they Mm -hmm. wanted an auspicious day
0: yeah I think it's like good sentiment and I think it just like respectful to my parents as well so
1: it was something nice that we could do for them okay so our wildcore question today is what are the three dominant colors in your wardrobe slash closet Mm, this one is it's, it's actually
0: quite fun one i think i have a pretty neutral closet so i would say probably like white gray black Um, are those colors though
1: like (laughs) i guess so
0: i okay if you had to get colors it would probably be like blue and green actually Mm. i've actually bought a lot more like brown clothing recently and it's like i guess it's not like necessarily a color color but it's like it's still a pretty neutral color but it wasn't something i wore a lot of before mm-hmm. like i thought it looked kind of weird but recently i've gone into like my brown brown cloth era and been buying more brown clothes and i just feel like it's actually quite complimentary mm-hmm. to my skin tone it's like black can look kind of harsh i think brown is a little bit softer than that and i've quite enjoyed the brown items that i've bought recently nice
1: yeah, I think I am equally, like, basic, and so definitely black and white are, like, my main colors, and then I think in terms of color, I have red and blue. Ah, red. Yeah, it usually is, like, a deeper shade of red, and then for blue, it also tends to be, like, a deeper shade of blue as well. I find, like, mm. pastels are just, like, not, don't really jive with my skin color. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was our episode. We'll talk to you guys next time. Okay. Bye.